Are you ready for some high adventure? Coming up next on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. And now, Dakota Ring Theater presents the continuing adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, that scourge of the underworld, hunter of those who prey upon the innocent, that marvelous masked mystery man known only as the Red Panda! The Red Panda, mysterious crusader for justice, hides his true identity as one of the city's wealthiest men in his never-ending battle against crime and corruption. Only his trusty driver, Kit Baxter, who joins him in his quest in the guise of the Flying Squirrel, knows who wears the mask of the Red Panda. This episode, Barton's Charm. Good afternoon, Effendi. What's that? Oh, my, uh, yes, hello. Welcome to Mordok's Curiosities. Here we have many rare delights from parts of the world most exotic and from places long forgotten. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, didn't this used to be a tobacconist? No, sir. Strange. <laughs> my mistake, sorry. No need to apologize, Effendi. It was fate that guided you down an errant path to my door. Do not refuse such a blessing. Uh, well, uh, the thing is, I was actually looking for... Please, please. <laughs> well, I suppose I could look around a bit. You are wise, Effendi. I am Mordok, your humble servant. Uh, yes, uh, Edward Barton. Yours, sir, yours. You are very kind, Effendi. For such a kind man as Edward Barton, we have many treasures. You would be interested, perhaps, in this, a small token... Bearing symbols of the ancient Mayans. Well, it is very nice, I suppose. It bears the power to drive the women wild. Ah, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, no, uh, no, I, I, I don't think I have need of such a thing. Of course not, Effendi. A man such as Edward Barton needs no help in the ways of love. Well, see here now. I did not intend to question your own powers, Effendi. Doubtless they are great indeed. See here, you have ways of putting words in a fellow's mouth, you know that? <laughs> a thousand pardons, Edward Barton. Let Mordok only listen. My shop of charms, tokens... Small objects of great power, we are all at your service. Tell me only what you seek. Actually, I was just looking for a tobacconist. But what did you truly wish to find? Some secret desire must have called your heart into my shop. What was it? I should be going. Who is Edward Barton? What gift does he bestow upon the universe? Gift? <laughs> Why, no particular gift, Mr. Mordock. I'm a safety inspector for the city. Ah! A position of great power. Oh, no, uh, far from it, I'm afraid. How can you say this? You are the appointed guardian of the safe and peaceful lives of all who dwell within the city, are you not? Well, I suppose, in, in a way, workplace safety, building safety, that kind of thing. You 
go to all of these places? You visit them? Well, yes, I, I suppose I do. You face such dangers to keep others safe. <laughs> Mr. Mordock, you flatter me. No, sir. Not one whit. A man such as you should have a powerful charm to protect and to guide him. It was not without reason that the spirits did guide you to me. It is? I mean, isn't? I mean... Here, mighty one, for you. A token of great power. A... Uh, Good luck charm, if you will, to keep you safe as you protect others. Well, it is a pretty thing, isn't it? <laughs> All right, Mr. Mordock. I know when I'm beaten. You've made yourself a sale. If Fendi will never live to regret it. you notice this article in the paper, Kit? I, uh, thought we had an understanding, boss. Hmm? If I read the paper over your shoulder, I'd miss the melodious sound of your voice reading it to me. Plus, the limousine would crash and we'd both be killed. Both fair points, to be sure. Well, are you gonna read it or not? Well, now you've got me self-conscious about my reading voice. <laughs> That's my boss. He can take out a gang of toughs in front of a packed hockey arena and still get stage fright in the morning. Kit Baxter, behave yourself. Seems a little early in the day to make promises I don't expect to keep, but... Yes, boss. <laughs> What's the article? The play-by-play -play on last night's superheroics? No, but it is always nice when the sports writers get a crack at us, isn't it? I'm going to put that picture of you with Hap Day up in the crime lab. He was taller than I thought. He was wearing skates. This article is seeming more anticlimactic all the time. Sorry. I'm all squirrel ears, honest. It's another report of an industrial accident. How could you possibly find that anticlimactic? The framework of two floors collapsed on the Clark Building. That new office tower they're building downtown... There'll be weeks just cleaning up the damage, let alone the setback to the construction. Was anybody killed? Apparently not. But a half dozen workers were hurt seriously enough to be taken to hospital. They're quite worried about some of them. Mm, that's terrible. That's an awful tough job, boss. And dangerous, too. It certainly is, Kit. The men who work these kind of construction jobs take great risks for the sake of their families. But more than that, they are working for the good of the city and its future something we don't remember often enough. It's why this glut of accidents is fresh in my mind. There have been more? Yes, and they haven't been confined to construction projects. The generating station had a blowout last week, burned a man to death. Yeah, I remember that. And there have been rumors of problems at several manufacturing concerns. Of course, as private companies, such things are often kept quiet. I see where you're going, boss, but what's the angle? There's no bad guy hovering overhead laughing maniacally. And if it were some kind of sabotage, well, it's a little vague, ain't it? Possibly. This could all just be... just be really bad luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. In my experience, everybody who was born lucky thinks that. Interesting point. So, what can we do? Probably nothing. Maybe something. Let's find out, shall we? Yes, boss. Woo! 
Well, Mr. Davis, everything seems in order here. Thank you, Mr. Barton. You can't be too careful, I always say. <laughs> That's just the sort of thing a safety inspector likes to hear. Well, I mean it for all that. My father started this foundry, and we kept it going through the hard times by looking after the men just as we would our own family. Hasn't been easy for anyone, but thankfully, we've been lucky so far. Normally, I'd have told you there was no such thing as luck, but I seem to have been having the most extraordinary run of it myself. Why, just this morning, I put on this jacket that I didn't wear all winter and found $20 in the pocket. Well, that is quite a piece of luck. I don't think I could lose that kind of money without noticing it. Neither could I, sir. I assure you, I am a man most meticulous in his habits. It comes with the territory. I don't know where it could have come from, but these last few weeks, it seems every little thing is going my way. <laughs> oh, dear. I've probably gone and jinxed it now. Well, let's hope not. And thanks again for the clean bill of health. Oh, thank you, sir, for making my job so easy. Uh, but I must caution you to remain vigilant. <laughs> Did you hear about the Clark building? The tower that collapsed. Yes, that was terrible. Well, just last week they had a clean safety report, too. Absolutely first rate. Really? I conducted the inspection myself. But it seems that report out of the way, they became more lax. There were several small accidents, and finally... Well... Indeed... Well, your point is well taken, Mr. Barton. Nothing like that is going to happen here. I'm glad to hear it. Well, the best of luck to you. Good day. What do you make of that, sir? Couldn't say. Funny little fellow, don't you think? What was that? Looks like that gangway just just collapsed. Was anyone hurt? No, no, it was all right. No one was on it at the time. Thank goodness. That was lucky, Smitty. Yes, sir. Yes, it surely was. Have you found anything, kid? Boss, I, uh... Um, I didn't know you had glasses. I don't. They're not... They're just for reading. I've never seen you wear them. They're not... I don't really need them. Don't put them away. When did you... I've had them since I was a kid. I hate them. They look quite well on you. No, they don't. Look, I don't really need them. Just if someone's going to send me into the newspaper archives in our poorly lit lair for three hours, I get a little headache. But I think they look... I'll give you a nickel if you forget you ever saw them. But I like... I can go high as 35 cents. What have you found? Mm, I might have to owe you a dime. Kit? Yeah? I can't forget if you won't stop talking about them. Right. What have you found? This isn't like looking for fire or murder, boss. Most accidents don't make the headlines. And unless someone is badly hurt, they usually don't make the papers at all. Granted. Which makes this entire exercise kind of unscientific. But look here. I went back six months. Every time I found an article about an accident on the job or a construction site, I made a tick. Here. Seems fairly consistent. Yeah. But here's this month so far. Kit, this is more than... More than double all the others put together? That's right. No wonder you started to notice a pattern. Hmm. What did you find out? The Red Panda had a very interesting conversation with the president of the insurance company that covers the Clark building. Do tell. It seems that the company was perfectly satisfied that the collapse was completely accidental. They ruled out any sort of negligence, sabotage, incompetence. He was absolutely sure that it was just a case of... Very bad luck. That's a phrase that's been coming up a lot lately. You don't know the half of it. He could only be completely certain because they had a team of operatives investigating every detail. His company has paid out over three quarters of a million dollars in recent claims that seemed just as... 
unlucky. Well, that sounds like a motive. Yes, but the payments all went to different interests, and they went to offset actual financial losses. Maybe someone's working a grudge against the insurance company, trying to drive them out of business by staging a series of accidents that appear to the trained eye to be nothing more than than very bad luck. But the whole idea falls apart if there's more than one insurance company involved. Now it's not a bad thought. It's the closest thing we have to a theory so far. So you went off a heroing and left me under a big pile of newspapers. What am I, your secretary? I don't think so. I've seen your type. Hey. I just thought he'd be a little more forthcoming under hypnosis. <laughs> Go get your squirrel suit on. I'll let you scare the tar out of the public safety commissioner if you like. Hot chocolate. You're out of the doghouse. They must have the information that we need downtown. What I don't understand is why they haven't taken action, launched an investigation, anything. People's lives are hanging in the balance, and if there is an agent of evil behind these accidents, they—I thought you were going to change. I will. I like to hear you say it. Say what? Just finish that thought, would you? If there is an agent of evil behind these accidents. Destroying property and lives for their own fiendish purposes, they will receive some bad luck of their own at the hands of the Red Panda. Yes, boss. You are listening to the Red Panda Adventures from Decoder Ring Theater. Your address for adventure, mystery, and comedy. Red Panda, I, I honestly wish I had something to confess to, so the pair of you could drag me off to jail. I could use the rest. Half my staff is off work with some sort of malady or another, and then the rest only continue to drag themselves in from sheer stubbornness. The building seems to be falling apart around us, and I myself feel like I've contracted six different colds at the same time. That should be impossible. Please tell that to my sinuses. Bless you. I won't hold my breath. But、uh, Commissioner Gray. This is the public safety department. How can things be in this kind of shape? I am aware of the irony, Flying Squirrel. At first, it was mildly amusing. A few minor mishaps and a small plumbing catastrophe. Then my assistant broke his foot, and it's all gone downhill from there. Last week, one of my inspectors contracted malaria. If you can believe it, malaria in Toronto. Is、uh, that even possible?、Uh, apparently, it's just very, very improbable. Hmm. Bad luck, wouldn't you say? There's been very little else going on around here. <coughs> Bless you. When did this begin, Gray? I honestly couldn't say. It, it all started so gradually. Maybe four weeks ago. Maybe less. That's about the same time as a spike in the number of accidents. You don't think they've happened because of the state things are in around here, do you? I wish I did. The numbers are getting so large. I feel like a fool saying this, but all those accidents were nothing more than accidents. Every one of those sites had been inspected in the days and weeks before the mishaps that affected them. Hello. That sounds like something, don't it? Normally, I'd agree with both of you, but each of those sites was given a clean bill of health by one of our best men, and each and every one of them was fully investigated afterwards. There is no link. <laughs> Bless you. Hold the phone. <coughs> Did you say that all of those sites were inspected by the same man, Edward Barton? Yes, but that proves nothing. 
With the state of the rest of my staff is in, Barton is carrying the entire workload on his narrow shoulders, and with a smile and a song in his heart by all appearances. It sounds like he's been unaffected by your recent misfortunes. More than that, Edward has been having the most extraordinary run of good luck I've ever seen on a man. How so? Uh, little things at first. <coughs> S- silly things. He won a giant ham in a raffle. He found $20 and an old coat. Not that remarkable. Then last week, an uncle he didn't know he had passed on and left him $1,000. And then, just yesterday, he came into the office with a girl on his arm. A real looker, if you don't mind my saying. Uh, Not much of a ladies' man. Edward? Far too shy and retiring. But somehow he managed to stumble upon the only breathtaking blonde in the city who shares his passion for stamp collecting. (laughs) I could only describe that as very lucky indeed. Let me guess. Is uh, that Ed Barton's desk? That one, right in the middle of the office? Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) Squirrel, how did you know? Look around, boss. The plants on his desk are the only ones in the office that aren't dead. Now that is... Creepy as all get out. Couldn't have said it better myself. Commissioner Gray, do you have a copy of Mr. Barton's file and recent case log? Anything we can borrow? Yes, I suppose. If only to prove to you that Barton cannot be involved in this, it's impossible. Or just very, very improbable. Shelley, could you pull Mr. Barton's file from the cabinet? Eric, if you would be so kind as to get his reports from that shelf unit. The master schedule sheet is up here. Incredible. The whole office seemed to shake. Holy smokes! We're the only ones who didn't wind up pinned under furniture. What's going on? We'll figure it out after we've helped these people. Come on! Boy, boss. Something about this just doesn't sit right. Something? Okay, everything about this doesn't sit right. Mm. What do we do about it? Just keep your eyes peeled for Edward Barton. There's no doubt in my mind that he's involved in this somehow. Hopefully we can surprise him on the way home. Anything in that pile of paperwork? Mm, Nothing so far. It's baffling. That's baffling. Something shook the office so hard that three people wound up under heavy shelves and cabinets. But there was no earthquake, no seismic activity, no one else in the building even felt it. But everyone in the office was hurt. Everyone but us. Kit, that's it. You're kidding. I'm not. Only three objects fell. Two shelf units and a filing cabinet. And each fell directly onto a person. Like someone or something was aiming for them. But no one or nothing was aiming at the two superheroes. That ain't right. Unless whatever it was couldn't see the two superheroes. (laughs) Boss, you're 6'2 in a bright red mask. And frankly, I'm too cute to miss. Except? Except... Magic! We're invisible to magic! Because of the magic-resistant fibers woven into our costumes, exactly. This recent glut of unnaturally bad luck makes a good deal more sense... If it's supernatural bad luck. Exactly. You're pretty brainy for a guy with no glasses, you know that? Thanks. But it still begs the question, what does a public safety inspector named Edward Barton have to do with mystic forces that apparently govern luck and the absence thereof? Here he comes up the street. Let's go ask him. Greetings, Effendi. Hello. You are 
Policeman Fendi? Is the uniform that much of a giveaway? I've never walked the beat around here before. Just noticed this shop and thought I'd pop my head in and take a look. What is this place? Welcome to Mordok's Curiosities. Here we have many rare delights from parts of the world most exotic and from places long forgotten. I get the picture. A lot of mysterious trinkets and doodads, yeah? Perhaps my shop is not to your tastes, Mr. Officer. Now, now, don't take it like that. In fact, it's not my cup of tea. But it's the chief's birthday next week, and he goes in for this kind of exotic bric-a-brac in a big way. The chief of police? Yes, sirree. Keeps him all over his office. The chief of police is a very important man. I would be honored to have an item from my humble shop presented to him. Well, that's fine. Maybe you can suggest something. For such an important man, sir, I can think of nothing finer than this. A token of great power... A kind of good luck charm to keep him safe as he protects others. Well, thank you, Mr. Mordock. I think he'll really enjoy that. Here you go. Thank you, Effendi. Please do come again. <laughs> Once again, my little tokens march into the corridors of power, and soon they will bring this city to its knees. Uh, who is he talking to exactly? Who said that? I find they do this a lot when they think we're not around. Those voices. Where are you? How did you get in here? I slipped in when that policeman entered. And I came in a window. You know, you can't be too careful these days. Those voices... I know those voices. And we know yours, Mordok. The Red Panda! The Flying Squirrel! Isn't he good? Mmm, blind as a bat, but good. That disguise can't hide you from our eyes. Mordriel the Malevolent. So you know! We know the last time we saw you, the stranger hit you with a banishment spell. As you can see, I am well on the way to returning. Well on the way? Uh, aren't you standing right there? It isn't like opening a door, little squirrel. I must creep back into the corporeal world like a shadow sliding under a door. That's why he can't see us. That form is more magic than man. And we're invisible to magic. Nice. Invisible to magic? Preposterous! No mortal may hide from the ancient forces which govern all. Except, apparently, us. See? Uh Huh? Ah! Ooh, who did that? Where am I? Oh. Oh! Stop it! I swear I will have my revenge on you and your city. You have no idea the forces I have unleashed. I think I've got the nuances. You gave a lucky charm to Edward Barton, a safety inspector, much like the one you just sold to that police constable. He isn't going to give it to the chief, by the way. We were testing a theory. A test that became less necessary when you dropped the old man Mordok routine. <sighs> you see, Barton's charm works all right. He's had the greatest month of his life. He was extremely reluctant to part with it. You have taken it from him? Afraid so, sweet pea. As near as I can guess, the charm works by pulling all of the luck from its surroundings and giving it to the bearer of the charm. Thus, as the charm obviously works, the bearer becomes extremely attached to it and spreads bad luck and destruction wherever he goes. 
The chief of police would have been an inspired target. Barton certainly was. He visited many dangerous places where even a little bad luck could be deadly. You are very clever, Red Panda. I should have killed you when I had the chance. Uh, you tried. Ah, yes. But you have learned since then, haven't you? You are now no longer mere masked mortals. You have acquired some unearthly power and mean to use it for your own purposes. Yep. The unearthly power of science. Science? Bah! Toys for children! Squirrel, break out the rest of the kids' games. Right, boss. Don't be fools. Nothing can save this city. Join me. Join me and we will rule the darkness together. Of course, my interest is piqued by this scintillating offer, but let's try this instead. Squirrel, activate the device. Yes, boss! Sounds like it's working fine. Better turn it up a notch just to make sure. What did you do? What was that? It emits an oscillating countercharge across the frequencies of known mystical vibrations. Cancels out all kinds of unpleasant uh, abracadabra. Or if you happen to be spread out over two or three different dimensions and are only held together by tendrils of dark magic... It does this. What did you mean, nothing can save this city? You wouldn't have started an operation like this on your own. You're not strong enough yet. Besides, where's the motive? Someone is pulling your strings, Mordrael. And I want to know who. Never. I'll never talk. Squirrel, what level was that device set on? Level two. Two? How many levels are there? Well, there's more than two, I'll tell you that. No, no. I'll tell you. They found me in my weakened state. Helped me. They... Promised to help me recover the artifacts that would make me whole again, if I would only help them. They wanted to spread destruction, chaos, destroy the last vestiges of the old ways, and bring one order, their order. Who were they? They call themselves the Syndicate. The Syndicate? You've heard of them? We've danced before. And this isn't the first time they've tried to get a supervillain to do their dirty work for them. They cannot be stopped. We'll see about that. You and I are about to have a very detailed conversation, Mordreal. Squirrel? There you are. Just... Wiring one of those magic jammers into the pandamobile. You never know when. Fair enough. Did they take him? The Council of Mages was only too happy to take Mordrael off our hands. Those people give me the creeps. They mean well. Besides, even with all of the anti-magic technology Dr. Chronopolis has been creating for us, I'm not sure we're equipped to contain a prisoner like that. Your brow is awful furrowed for the end of a case. Is it really the end? Mordriel might be the least of our worries. This syndicate. When they first came after us, they tried to use one of our old foes to get us out of the picture. It seemed like a pretty standard play for a criminal enterprise, if more professional than most. But their rhetoric was all about the chaos of the old world and a 
A new order. Seems almost political. Mm. But they don't mind associating with dangerous loons or dabbling in the occult, as if we didn't have enough magic troubles. Could they be fascists, passing themselves off as gangsters? Fascists, communists, anarchists, or garden variety? Boss? This latest attack on the city was economic in nature. Cripple industry and do it in a public way, reduce confidence and spread fear. Yeah? It reminds me of... Do you remember the case of the ghost ship? Sure. Commander What's-His-Name, sure. They spouted the same kind of malarkey. They had a little more military angle, but they weren't afraid to work on a grand scale either. What if there's no either? What if it's the same tiger changing its stripes ever so slightly over time? But boss that means that this is even bigger than we thought. And we've been in the middle of it for a long time without even knowing it. If that's true, Kit, we've got to get up to speed and fast. Or it's just possible that Mordriel might be right. If we can't save this city, I'm afraid that no one can. And so concludes another adventure of the Red Panda! This recording and the story, characters, and situations contained therein are the exclusive property of their creator and copyright holder, Greg Taylor, and are produced and distributed by Decoder Ring Theater through arrangement with him. These recordings may not be rebroadcast or redistributed by any means for any reason without express permission. Until next time, when Decoder Ring Theater brings you the further thrilling adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, this is Stephen Burley reminding you DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure! The Red Panda Adventures, episode 33, Barton's Charm, was written and directed by Greg Taylor with original music by Andrea Lyons and featured the vocal talents of Brian Vaughn, Stephen Burley, M. John Kennedy, Greg Johnston, Julie Cogger, Peter Nickel, Clarissa Dernetterlanden, and Greg Taylor. Until next time, for all of us here, good night. Ah, Saturday's Story Circle in the Mutual Audio Network. A time for the family to gather together and enjoy tales filled with adventure, humor, and fun. Speaking of family-friendly, have you listened to Bells in the Bathroom? Catch it on Friday Follies and every other week on Sunday Showcase. It's a time for the family to gather together and enjoy tales filled with stinky puns, odd characters, and bizarre plots, such as they are. Bells in the Bathroom on the Mutual Audio Network. It will have your family going around in circles.